So this morning, I've, we just heard this, this prophecy that, that Zechariah spoke. And as I was preparing this week, I was looking at this particular passage, and I started thinking about Zechariah and Elizabeth and their faithfulness and how they continued to pray and continued to rely on God, uh, continuing even into the, well into their old age. See, these two were a faithful couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They came from a line of priests. These were, they had the right genes, so to speak. They came from a priestly bloodline. You had Zechariah, who was, from, who came, who was a, a descendant of Abijah. And you had Elizabeth, whose ancestors, one of them, or the most important, was Aaron, the, the great priest. And so you have this great lineage coming down to these two faithful people. But the interesting thing about them is that they didn't have any children. Now, in our time, that's more normal, and we see that oftentimes more as a, as a physical or as a medical situation. But in those times, they saw that more as something spiritual. In Zechariah and Elizabeth, people probably had a hard time putting the two together. I mean, they come from a priestly family. They were so faithful, and yet they don't have any children. What, what could they have been doing wrong? See, at that time, they understood that God was the one who gave children. And we still believe that today, but it's something slightly different still. But still, they continued to be faithful. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they continued to be faithful. And it's this special kind of faith that they had. To be faithful even when it wasn't easy. To be faithful even when it was difficult. Or maybe they questioned, was it, was it working? Or was it, did it matter? And so Zechariah continued to carry out his priestly duty. He would go to the temple and he would do his part. He would serve and he would offer the incense. And it was at this time that he was in the temple. He had been chosen by lot, as was the custom. And he went into the temple and he was performing his priestly duties when an angel of the Lord appeared on the right side of the altar of incense, the angel Gabriel. <clears throat> and the first thing he says to Zechariah, he says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. You can imagine how... Terrifying. Even, even being in the temple where you expect God to show up and still here's one of his angels shows up. He says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. Now, I want to stop just here for a moment this, uh, to think some about the phrase that he says, your prayers have been heard. See, Zechariah, it says, he's, we're going to get to this in a bit, but He's an old man. He's an elderly man. And Elizabeth is, is getting along in years too. I can only imagine how long they've been praying this prayer. Years, probably decades. Lord, we desire a child. We desire a child. And he continues to pray. He continues to, to carry out his priestly duties for years, for decades, continuing to pray this. And then the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, comes to him and says, your prayers have been heard. For all your faithfulness, your prayers have been heard. But they've been relying, they've been praying to God, and I suspect, except for praying, they pretty much, I'm just guessing here, all but given up hope. You know, they're past a certain age where children become less and less likely, almost an impossibility. And yet they continued to pray. They've come to the end of their own resources, to the end of their own means, and they're relying solely on prayer. And it's at this point that God answers them. Even though it's a scary place, it's a scary place to rely on God in prayer. Because so many of us, I don't know, maybe you're not like me, but I'm used to being able to take care of myself, to do things myself. 
And it's a scary place when we get to that, to that time or that situation where we can't and we have to rely on God. But it's also a faithful place. And the times where I've been there, it's been some of the most faith-building times in my life. See, Tracy and I are in a situation like that right now. As I mentioned this morning, we, and many of you know, we're in the process of adopting a child. This is a dream that Tracy has had for decades, <laughs> since she was young. Ever since I've known her, she's dreamed about adopting children, about bringing children into our home to care for them. Now, to be honest with you, it's something that, I'm, that God has been at work on in me. It wasn't uh, something I had thought of very much. But we're in the process now of doing it. And it's difficult for me. It's a time of trust because, I mean, it's something that I can't take care of on my own. It's not something that I can just work out. It is a place for us of relying on God, of absolutely trusting in God again. It's interesting because it's this, despite the fact I'm a pastor and, and I mean, rely on God each week for sermons and for, for counsel for people, this is a different situation. It feels different in that it's, like, I'm completely reliant on God. And it's actually scary for me that, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how God is going to come through because he's going to have to for us to have a child, for us to be able to afford to go to the Congo and adopt a child. Now, part of it, too, is, you know, maybe some of you are asking, why the Congo? That's complicated, but part of it is um, the fact that there's tremendous need in the Congo, that there are thousands of children there without family, without parents, parents who have died of of basic illness, parents who have died of AIDS, and children who need help. And, and orphans are the most vulnerable of any society, especially in the Congo. I think um, uh, Gary Walter, the covenant president, talks about it, that of 187 countries on this particular index of, of social economy and those things, socioeconomic development, that of 187 countries, the Congo rates 187, dead last one of the most difficult places to grow, especially for an orphan. So we're there, but also because of the need, but also because of the connection that the covenant has with the Congo. The covenant has been in the Congo for 75 years. And actually, <clears throat> I don't have the numbers, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I've heard from, from those who've been there that the covenant church in the Congo is actually bigger than the covenant church in North America. <laughs> there's, there's tons of churches, millions of, of Congolese of um, Congolese covenanters, our brothers and sisters there. And so we saw this connection that we had, and, so, uh, and then part of it was through prayer, through discerning God's direction for us to go and to adopt a child. So we can relate to this prayer that Zechariah has been praying. We can relate to this prayer, this waiting and praying and relying on God. But it's right, it was, the cool thing is to see the way that, that God has come through for Zechariah and for Elizabeth. The amazing thing, the way that God filled that out for them, because Gabriel goes on to say that he, this child, he will be a delight and a joy to you. Many will rejoice at his birth because he has been great, or because he will be great in the sight of the Lord. But never let him take wine or drink fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. And many people of Israel, many of the people of Israel, he will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord and prepare the way for him, turning the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient, to the, to the, to the, to the wisdom and to the faithfulness or the righteousness. He's going to do these amazing things. He's going to prepare 
or to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So not only do, do Zechariah and Elizabeth have this amazing prayer answered, and the fact it's a child, but their child is John the Baptist, or John the one who baptizes, the one who went before Jesus, who prepared the people of God to receive Christ. Imagine that. You've been praying for a child, praying and praying. And then an angel of the Lord comes and says, this child who you've been praying for, he's coming. And he's going to be great, and he's going to do great things for God. Imagine that. Not only that is he going to do great things for God, but he's going to do great things for the people of God. Bringing many people back to the Lord their God. Being a part of people's lives being changed. Of people coming closer to God again. Imagine to hear that news about your child that would be born. But also to hear that he's going, that God is going to glorify or be glorified through this child. Not only in the stuff that he does, but in the way he came about. Because people knew Zechariah and Elizabeth. They knew that they had no children. And for the fact that they have a child now, in their old age, they know that something's up. They begin to ask, or they begin to wonder, what sort of child will this be? When he's born, they actually say these things. The people who are there around say, what sort of child will this be? Because the hand of God is obviously with him. See, God is the God of long shots the God of long odds. He does these amazing things, despite the circumstances, despite everything that's stacked up against them. God does this amazing thing. So that nobody would be mistaken. So nobody would be mistaken to think like, oh, well, this is just a, uh, just a fluke of nature, or this is just a lucky thing for them. But so that people would know that this was God who did it in them. That this was God's work. That God was doing something new, and people's interest was piqued. So the angel does this amazing thing. He doesn't just answer, God doesn't just answer the prayer of, these, of Zechariah and Elizabeth, but he does it in this amazing way, reminding them they will have a great child, a child that would lead many back to God. But news like this isn't always easy. It's not always easy. We think about how complicated things will be and begin to question in our faith, it falters. I mean, the angel of Gabriel, or the Gabriel, Gabriel the angel, comes to Zechariah and he says this amazing news. And the first thing Zechariah says, how can I be sure? I'm old, and my wife is well along in years. Now, I just want to stop there just for a second. Even 2,000 years ago, he had the common sense to say that she wasn't old. He didn't say that. He <laughs> said she was well along in years. <laughs> you guys take note. <laughs> But he's basically saying, Angel of the Lord, do you realize who you're talking to? Do you realize how old we are? Are you sure you haven't made some sort of mistake somewhere? You know, does God really know what he's talking about here? Ultimately, Zechariah didn't believe. For all of his faithfulness, for all of these years of praying, when the moment came that the prayer was answered, he lacked faith. He lacked belief. Well, Gabriel, Gabriel says, I am Gabriel, the one who stands in the presence of the Lord. And I have been sent to bring you good news. And you, you will be silent 
until the day that it comes because you did not believe my word that would be fulfilled in its proper time. Zechariah blew it. <laughs> Gratefully, I mean, God is merciful and so the only thing he couldn't do is talk. I mean, it's almost, you might see that as extreme grace, actually. Zechariah, you're not going to talk anymore so you can't say anything more stupid. <laughs> But we still struggle. We too struggle with these things. I mean, God says He's going to answer a prayer. We we hear confirmation, and yet we we are afraid to believe. We're straight, we are afraid to put our trust in it because we've maybe had a long experience of it, of it not being answered. Maybe it's with illness. Maybe it's something with our health, or an ailment that we continue to struggle with. We continue to pray for it. And we struggle to have the faith that, that God might change it. But when he says, yes, I want you to be different, do we trust it? Or maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something with our wife or with our husband. Something with your children. A relationship that you have with someone. You pray and you pray that things would be better. And then when the opportunity comes, when you sense God saying, here's how it's going to be different, you begin to lose faith. Are you sure you understand what you're talking about, God? Do you realize the situation? And we lose faith. See, I think about this, this story, there's so many parallels with this and with me and Tracy, or Tracy and I about adopting a child because, I don't know if you know this, but to adopt a child from the Congo, it's about $40,000. And we don't have $40,000. <laughs> so it requires faith for us. Tracy is great at this, and she's been the one encouraging me. <laughs> she should be the one up here preaching this sermon, saying, don't worry, God will provide. God will provide. And so we are walking, taking these steps on this, this amazing journey to adopt a child. See, that's the thing for me. For me, the holding the child in my arms, that part's easy. Like, I can see that, and I can't wait for that. But all the, all the expenses, all the work, all the paperwork, and everything that goes before it, that part is daunting to me. But thankful I have Tracy. She keeps saying it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. God will provide a way for us. Keeps encouraging us. See, I say these things to encourage you. Because I know that you too are facing difficult things. Things with your family. Looking at the future and what it means. Thinking about me about your health. Or things that have gone wrong in the last while. I want to encourage you that God has a way forward for you. That in our faithfulness to him, God has a way forward. I want to encourage you to keep praying, to keep seeking God in this, to keep following him even when it's difficult, even when it's hard to follow, even when it's hard to trust for fear of being let down. The amazing thing is is that in our faithfulness, God will do great things. Despite the losses that we've suffered, despite the setbacks that we face again and again, despite the frustration, despite the frustration of, God, why isn't this going right? Why aren't things changing? Despite all of this, when, God, when we will remain faithful to God, he will continue to do great things. Maybe not on our time scale, Maybe not as soon as we'd like, but he will do great things. He'll do great things in our lives. 
Great things then as, a, as, a, as it ripples out from our life in the lives of others around us and for his kingdom. I mean, think about this. That, that, that Zechariah and Elizabeth, on the day that John was born, this elderly couple have their firstborn son. And all the promise that they've had, are, or the angel spoke to them about him, and the day comes when he's born. After decades of praying for him, of longing for him, and they hold their child in their arms. And they ask, they ask Elizabeth what to name him. And unfortunately in those days, men didn't uh, trust women very well. And so she said his name is John. <laughs> she was adamant about that. She knew it, and she was right. But all the people around him said, well, let's ask the husband. You know, they don't even have a John in their family. And so they asked Zechariah. He can't talk, so he grabs a tablet and he writes, his name is John. And at that moment, his tongue is loosened and he begins to praise God. He begins to rejoice and praise God for what he's done. This amazing child that they have now, prayer that has been answered after decades of praying it, holding this child in their arms. I can't wait for that day for us as we look forward to a child. A child that we don't even know yet. We don't know when he or she is coming yet we continue to pray for them. So God did this amazing thing through their faithfulness. Through Zechariah and Elizabeth. He did this amazing thing in their life. Imagine the joy, or can you just even imagine the joy for a moment of what it was like to hold their child after so many years. But the amazing thing is what God continued to do through that not only in their lives, but also in the lives of people around them. Because their whole village was gathered around. I mean, this was a big deal. Elizabeth, in her well-advanced in years, or well-long in years, as Zechariah puts it, was having a child. And so the village was gathered around. And when they saw, that, when they saw John, or when they saw how he was born, it said that the text said that they were afraid. I think what that means is they were wondering, what is God doing here? And it says that throughout the hillside, throughout the villages, people began to talk. Rumors began to spread like wildfire. The news that God was on the move, that God was doing something new, something amazing, began to spread among people. But it was more than just sort of you know, coffee talk or something that you'd talk about with people on the street. It, was, it said that they, they pondered these things in their heart. They had stake in the game now. It wasn't just idle chatter about, you know, did you hear about, about that lady Elizabeth? But they began to ponder in their heart. I wonder what God is doing. What sort of child is this? What sort of man will he grow to be? What is God up to? Because obviously his hand is on this child. So it begins to ripple out. See, our faithfulness, when we continue to faithfully follow God, and especially when it's difficult, not only will we be blessed by it, but people around us, they will notice it too. Christianity is not so compelling when things are going easy. People look at us, and if we look the same as everyone else, they say, what's the, what's the use, or what's the need? But when they see us go through difficult things, faithfully following God, and then God finally comes through, that's powerful. That's compelling to people. It changes the people around us. But not only that, God will use that faithfulness for his kingdom. 
So Zechariah, in his joy, he begins to prophesy. He begins to prophesy, saying, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Praise the, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, for what he has done. He's brought a child. He has come to rescue us. He has come to rescue us and to raise up a horn of salvation in the house of his servant David. Just as he said through the prophets, the holy prophets long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hands of those who hate us. To show mercy to our fathers. To remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to, to Abraham. That, that he to protect us from the enemies, uh, from those who hate us. This amazing promise that God has given begins to, to work out for all people. And he looks at his child and says, you, you my child, you'll be great among the prophets. You will be great and you will lead many people back to God. The Lord, you will go before the Lord and you'll prepare the way before him. And you will give people knowledge. You will show them knowledge of salvation that comes through the forgiveness of sin because of God's tender mercy in which the sun will rise. It will come to us from the heavens, shining on those who are sitting in darkness, to those in the shadow of death, to, give us, to show us this path, to, to guide us on this path towards peace, and not just any peace, not just like um, pleasant feeling, but this fullness of peace, the Hebrew idea of shalom, a fullness, not just of the end of, of violence and the end of strife in our lives, but the, the presence of God's fullness, of his blessing, of joy and grace. This morning, I, hear, I pray that you hear God speaking to you. I pray that you will continue to remain faithful, even when it's difficult, despite how difficult it is. Continue praying for God's provision. When you're at the end of all your resources, continue praying. Continue praying that God would provide. And even though it's difficult, even though it's difficult to rely on God, maybe the most difficult thing you've ever done, trust that God will provide. That God will bless your life. God will, will do things in you that will surprise you. Maybe it won't be in the time that you thought. Maybe it won't be the way that you thought. But God will do things in your lives that will be amazing. But not only that, he'll use that to bless people around you. That they'll see your life and your response and your faithfulness. And maybe, just maybe, they'll say, tell me more about this God. Tell me more about Jesus, who you follow. And not only that, but God will use this for his kingdom here in this community and communities throughout the world. This morning, I pray that you hear the story again of Zechariah and Elizabeth. You hear again of God's faithfulness. You hear a long faithfulness. It's finally answered in a way that, that blesses them, people around them, and continues to grow God's kingdom in the world. Amen.